I've got some great news for Football Nation Radio listeners. Our supportive partner, Northern Motor Group, is offering $250 off any in-stock vehicle this end of financial year. That's if you take delivery before the 30th of June. With eight big car brands, MG, Nissan, Kia, Isuzu Ute, Jeep, Ram, Samsung... Peugeot and Pacific Caravans, it's literally a one-stop shop for all your driving needs. Plus, with over 150 quality pre-owned vehicles, Northern Motor Group really does have your next vehicle purchase ready and waiting. Don't wait. Visit www.northernmotorgroup.com.au today. They're in Grimshaw Street, Bundura, and tell them George sent you. LMCT 6595. You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR. It's been an amazing week in the uh, world of football. So much good news over the past few days with the word that uh, Ange Postacoglu has climbed yet another part of the mountain. He's on his way to the very top. He's joined, of course, Tottenham Hotspur from Celtic. That story's still to come. But we've all been deflated this morning. Early, early on in the day, I heard that the great Rally Rasic was no more. He had died early this morning, uh, coming up almost 88 years of age. Someone joining us uh, is someone who I know very well, a long-time journo in Sydney, worked and loved the game, and more importantly, worked with Rally Rasic and <laughs> loved the great man. And uh, we're going to reminisce... Um, Ray Gatt, please welcome the welcome to the show. Um, thank you very much for taking the call and, and joining us and giving us a, a bit of time just to reminisce on one extraordinary character. People don't get to understand how unique this man has been in our lives, but more importantly, what a wonderful, wonderful character and so many different facets on show at any given moment, depending on when you caught him. How are you, Ray? Uh, great. Thanks, George. Under the circumstances, yeah. But um, look, the words icon and legend don't really do rally rally justice. He he was he was more than that. Um, yeah, an unbelievable character. And um, look, I was privileged to call him a friend for the last uh, a little bit over thirty five years. And um, yeah, I'm going to miss him greatly, like a lot of other like a lot of others will. You know, the, the thing that fascinates me about your connection with uh, Rally, you, you, you help him write the book, The Rally Rasich Story, but so often he would ring you uh, right in the middle of uh, your days when you were chasing or you had a deadline and you had to deliver a story, and he would ring you out of, <laughs> out of, out of nowhere and he'd want to tell you something. Uh, how did you feel at that given moment when uh, Rally Rasich is on the phone? Yeah, it was that was crazy, uh, George. I don't know how he did it, but it was an amazing <laughs> knack. And um, yeah, five o'clock, five thirty, when I'm in the middle of a story, and I got the boss yelling out for for, for my copy, and and rally would ring, and he'd said, "Raymond, I'll only keep you a minute." And then twenty five minutes, half an hour later, he's still on the phone. I'm still nodding my head, but look. I look back on those times now. Look, at the time then, I would have been frustrated and said, Rally, I need to work. But looking back now, I, I can only laugh at, at, at what Rally, because that was what Rally was all about. He, he loved talking to people. didn't matter who, who it was, some Joe Blow, some hobo off the street would come up and talk to him. And 
and he talked to them for 20 minutes or so as if they were long lost friends. And that's, that was rally. I remember when I first met him, um, um, early, early seventies, wet behind the ears, cub reporter, and I was at a ground and he came up and actually, actually um, introduced himself to me. <laughs> and 20 minutes later, he finished talking. I, I hardly, I didn't get a word in. So, and that, that was rally. Well, not only did he love to talk, he also loved to coach people. He coached kids, loved coaching kids and was doing it even to the very last month or so before he got ill and uh, ended up in hospital. But you will also remember you got a chance to write some wonderful stories. He took a bunch of part-timers, didn't he, at a time when the game wasn't quite what we imagine it to be these days. He took a bunch of part-timers, some some tough, sterling um, and gritty types, uh, and we lost one of those only recently in the shape of Manfred Schaefer. They were all warriors. They all loved the man, they backed him and he backed them and they went to, they went to the other end of the world in 74 and they, they didn't do too badly, did they? No, George, they, they, they really did. I mean, they didn't win a game, but my goodness, so they made the whole country proud. It was incredible stuff. But you're right, he took a ragtag team yeah. of, of amateurs virtually. They all had full-time jobs, a lot of them lost their jobs because of their commitment to the, That's to true. the Socceroos. Very true. Yeah, he had, he had a mix of Scotsmen, Englishmen, Serbians, <laughs> Yugoslavs, Greeks, whatever, a couple of Australians thrown in there, and he got them all to gel. And it was, it was an amazing feat. He was way ahead of his time. You know, he was a, a visionary. He revolutionised the game here in Australia, and um, he did that through the Socceroos and, and what they did in West Germany. You know, um, they lost to East Germany and West Germany and drew with, um, with, with Chile. Amazing feat, and one of the greatest sporting feats in Australian history, I've got to say. And more importantly, we've got to stress the fact that some of the biggest names in the history of football were playing for those teams, the East and West Germans and the Chileans. Yeah, well, Beckenbauer comes comes to mind yeah. immediately. Just and only just, Muller. yeah, <laughs> Dirk, yeah, yeah. household names. I yeah. mean, you know, in, incredible stuff. And um, you know, the sad fact is that you know he got back to Australia. You know, he was lauded by everyone except the head federation, and um, you know they they got rid of him unfortunately, and uh, that was one of the greatest regrets of his of his career, I think he never got to coach the Socceroos again, all because of Australian football administration. You know, it was dysfunctional then. It, sometimes it's still dysfunctional now, George, as we know. But yes, you know, it um, can be. A lot, it's people, a, it's a lot to answer for there. Yeah, that's very true. But you know something? He also was then encouraged to go to Clubland, and he didn't do a bad job in Clubland either. He took a, a team uh, called Arpia. And made them almost invincible, didn't he? Under <laughs> under the uh, the banner of some some great characters, one was Peter Wilson, another was Peter Catholis. Uh, he he had this knack of bringing people together and playing his style of game. Yeah, look, that that nineteen eighty seven Arpia Leichhardt team were phenomenal. They they created the first record. Twenty six games, I think they went unbeaten. Uh, 
and it was only broken by, incredibly. Yeah, Hange Postacoglu. That's so, right. What a week. Well, really... What do you make Sorry, of this week? That... What do you make of this week, Ray? We've had this wonderful news that Ange yeah. has climbed another mountain, moving on from Celtic where he did incredibly the, the treble. Uh, he was denied the treble last year. It wasn't quite where he wanted it, but five trophies in two seasons out of a possible six wasn't bad, was it? No, not bad at all. And as you know, I'm a massive Celtic fan. So uh, to see him achieve that with that club was incredible. One of the biggest clubs in in the world. And, um, yeah, now hopefully he can do something with Tottenham Hotspur, although I hope he doesn't do it against Liverpool. (laughs) I knew you were going to. I half expected you to front tonight wearing either... You wanted me to leave, uh, didn't you? Yeah, I I wanted you either in a Liverpool top or a Celtic top so I could say to Pakua... Bakua, get a load of this man who's, who's, who's reported on the game for the better part of nearly 40 years. He still loves the game. He, he's now in retirement mode. When he, I think the two most, most important things in his life, his family and his fishing spot, which he, he will not reveal to anyone. Probably must be a good fishing it, spot. Though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's very good. I, I almost wore my Central Coast Mariners jersey too. George, oh, yeah, right. I stick George, that in, why George, don't they you? Can't, George, oh, they can, nobody can take away what a wonderful week that you've had. Ange Postacoglu oh, is coming yeah. to your beloved Tottenham. Yeah, you, yeah. Must be, you must be feeling pretty good about yeah, yourself. Yeah, I'm very – look, there is there would not be anyone associated with South Melbourne who would not be nearly levitating down <laughs> any street that, in Australia or wherever they are in the world uh, – People right now would, cannot believe the the news out of Scotland that he did the tra- the treble, and then uh, a few days later, uh, it was announced that he'd be the new uh, coach or the new manager of Tottenham Hotspurs in the English Premier League. But you know, you know Ange too, um, uh, Ray, mm. and you know full well it was always about climbing the mountain, the football mountain, wasn't it? Absolutely, look. Um, Ange's self-belief is incredible. I've, I've seen it over the last 25 years or, or whatever, and, um, and it's no surprise that he's, he is where he is now. He's done it through hard work and perseverance. He's been knocked down many times. Oh, yeah. He keeps coming off the canvas. And, um, look, sometimes Ange and I didn't see eye to eye, but yep. I never doubted his, his credentials as a coach. And I know Rally for sure, always thought the world of, of Ange and, yeah, and what he could do as a as a coach. Yeah, and, that, um, you're absolutely you know, right about that. Rally Rasic revered uh, and and always pushed Ange's uh, project. Um, the thing that fascinates me now, there's a viral uh, video, sorry, there's a video that's going viral again for the second time in its in its history. The first time it was, it was when uh, Craig Foster and Les Murray uh, found this opportunity to have a go at this, uh, the then young, the youth uh, national coach, uh, a much younger uh, Ange Postacoglu, and of course, now everyone's bringing the the video back into um, focus because they want to show how combative he can be. It also showcases, though, how 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 wrong Craig was was at the time, and I think Craig has accepted that he stepped out of turn. Yeah. Go on, Ray. Go on, Ray. Yeah, absolutely, and. Um 
you know, the Scottish media found out how combative Pans uh, <laughs> is, and I'm sure the uh, English media are going to find out the same. He'll stand up for himself in, under under the toughest of scrutiny. And uh, look, there's no no tougher benchmark than these than the uh, English journos. I think something that I've really enjoyed about the the the, the beautiful story of you know Ange rise going for his seeing his whole journey that football um, Australian football have have wanted to relive and I think it's really incredible but the clip that I love George is that one that he said to to the to the Socceroos squad I I don't can't remember which uh, I think it was the Asian the Asian Cup yep, that game may well have been. and he was talking about you know who do you play for that's right I love that because I think that we've seen the multiple sides of Ange and you'd you'd know better and and Ray as well and David who we're going to speak to would know better about Ange's personality but seeing them multiple facets and how and how important all those facets are to a, a current manager in the top leagues and their ability to recognise what players need, but also recognising the importance of what they do. And, and I've I've loved seeing that about Ange, and I can't wait for it. Even though yeah. even though it's against the you know the arch enemy Tottenham. <laughs> oh, I should tell you, Ray, you're talking to an Arsenal girl. So <laughs> so I, I, and, and a very proud one. Luck. A very Don't proud one. Can't help bad luck, can we? <laughs> it's very bad luck. But uh, and the funny thing, the funny thing about that chat that's doing the rounds on, you know, video. Yep. Um, it was only a lunchtime chat as well. Can you imagine what his um, pre-game in the dressing room chat would have been like? Can you imagine, George? You know what's going to be so funny to see? Go, go on. Because I what I've noticed from Ange is that Ange doesn't like dumb questions, and I just feel Ooh. the English media do love oh. to provide some dumb questions. Oh, so yeah. I'm very excited to see how the he'll you know how he'll answer because I, they think they're at their finish with the the Jose Mourinho antics, <laughs> the Antonio Conte antics. Ange will not tolerate any oh, likes no. n- nonsense. And if you thought if you thought uh, Jose Mourinho was the special one. Wait till you get a load of Ange Ball and Ange Postacoglu. I I actually think, Ray, that first presser, that they might be selling tickets. What do you reckon? Uh, it's going to be – I'm <laughs> looking forward to it. It's going to be something really special. I mean, his first one with the Scottish media was, was exceptional, and this one's going to be, I think, over the top, to be honest, but uh, I can't wait. Listen, before I let you go, before I let you go, um, and we thank you very much for giving us your time. Uh, it's been a very tough day. Can you remember one wonderful thing that um, we'll always remember about Rally Rasic? Uh, geez, that's a tough one. I'll I know say. you. Yeah, I know you've one, had one, many memories, but yeah. something crazy, yeah. Oh, well, there are plenty of those too. <laughs> I won't say something crazy, but the, the, for me, the one very, very special moment was. Um, doing the book with him and, and visiting him at his home and we'd have coffee and lunch and, or dinner and whatever. Yep. And the part in the book where he wrote about finding out about his brother, he'd never met his brother and he was at, uh, uh, warming up for, for a game and he heard um, this fan yell out, Rassage, Rassage, come over here. And Rat Rally wouldn't take any notice, but the guy was so persistent. And so Rally went over and the guy said, Rally, this is your brother. And when Rally told me that story, he actually he broke down in, in tears. And for me, that was a special side of Rally. Not a lot of people got to see. He was absolutely in a very, very emotional man. And especially when he spoke about 
about about that, and especially when he spoke about the, the seventy four Socceroos. So that's something that will always stay with me forever. I was going to say though, people don't readily appreciate the fact that they were separated uh, during uh, the uh, the difficult times in Europe. Yeah. And uh, he'd, he, uh, he'd never met his brother. He'd, he'd never met his brother. Stage, he didn't even know he had a brother. Isn't that remarkable? Uh, yeah. We lost him earlier this morning. I got news from some very good friends of mine, and they said, can you please keep it to yourself? And, of course, during the day it, it, it became very apparent that too many people knew, and, um, and of course, the word started to filter out, and I think the family has told everyone. So we're not breaking any trusts, but I wanted to take an opportunity to reach out to you because I know what he meant to you. I know how he, how crazy he drove you, but I also know how much you loved him. And um, you, you, will, you will treasure each and every uh, moment that you shared with him. And tell us before you go, the, people don't readily appreciate, he has a magnificent museum that really the game should, should grab a hold of and, and do it justice, shouldn't they? Oh, George, I hope someone gets gets hold of it and does it justice because I saw that museum. Oh God, I know. I've lost count of how many times I saw it, but every time I went into that room, I saw something different. Yeah, something That's new. That's how big it was. It was just something I hadn't noticed before, and I, I would just look at that room and I'd I'd be lost in a world of memorabilia and memories and. And it, you know, it was just so it raised the hairs on the back of your neck just being being in there. And I, yeah, no wonder Rally was, <laughs> was just so taken by the place. And I just hope, you know, someone runs with it and does it justice. You know, absolutely right. If the game does come together and understands that we build a museum worthwhile, there's got to be a Rally Rasich wing, uh, because we've got the paraphernalia all sorted. There's a whole collection there. And uh, if you need any help sorting through it, Ray Gatt may well be your man. <laughs> Ray, <laughs> thank you very much, mate. Uh, once again, deepest sympathies to you and the people who love Rally. And thank you very much for joining us on FNR and giving us an opportunity to reflect on the, the, the many facets of this wonderful man. And as you said at the very beginning of the conversation, uh, we talk about icons, we talk about legends, but this man really was both. Thank you. Thanks, George. A pleasure, mate. And uh, we're going to head to a quick ad break. A short break. When we come back, we're going to catch up with someone else, a guy called David Clarkson, who not only played against Ange Postacoglu, but was also... So he'll know the tricks of the trade. No, he was coached by by Ange, and he may give us a couple of little bits that are going to be used by a couple of English journalists, I'm sure. Back with with David Clarkson in just a moment. You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR. George Tanikian in the studio in Docklands. This is Football Nation Radio and our program each and every week is called State of the Game, State of Our Football Nation. Uh, Pakua Frimpong is the person who runs the controls has her pilot's licence. She's most <laughs> adept at getting around most troubles. If there's something that's not quite right, I always blame Pakur. But Fair she comes enough. back, as an Arsenal woman <laughs> always does, and fires back and gives me heaps. Um, uh, are you ready for our next guest? I am. I'm very excited because uh, something this week has taught, taught me is that 
you've got to appreciate the people you know who are part Correct. of your game. You've got to understand their stories, and yep. and, and I've realised that I don't actually know that much about Ange. I, you know, I. Well, you're going to find out a little bit about Ange. More importantly, you're going to find out how how hard it is to play against him. Um, the guy who's joining us um, is someone I've known for for quite some time. Can I also say to you, Pakur, this man actually saved my life one day. Oh, wow. We were at a corporate function. I happened to swallow something and it did not properly. Um, and he came and performed the Heimlich manoeuvre and managed to get the meat that was stuck in my throat. Oh my he managed days. to dislodge it. Uh, he broke a couple of ribs along the way. No, I'm only just <laughs> But quite seriously, he did do that. He saved my oh. life. So I think um, uh, there's a special spot for, for David Clarkson. And I, we reach out to him today for a number of reasons. He, he's the community um, uh, services manager at uh, Western United. He's also their liaison for Tasmania. Um, he's a Tassie boy. Um, he, he's a fearsome competitor. Played for a club called um, Brighton Hove Albion. Um, do you remember that club, David Clarkson? Do you remember your time? Hello, over George. Yeah, listen, my, my, my Zoom keeps dropping out, so if you lose me, you're probably not losing much. Uh, <laughs> the, ghost of, <laughs> the ghost of David Clarkson. We, we can certainly still yeah. hear you, David, so you uh, are all yeah, good yeah, on that. No worries. You keep doing oh, what good. you're doing. Um, how are you, my friend? All right. Thanks. I was just going to say – I'm really well. Thank uh, I was just saying it's been um, – hmm. Too long. Too long. Yeah. There I he remember. is. I remember. You got him? Yeah, go on. Keep talking. Funny enough, I was telling that story last night. <laughs> I was telling that story that – last night to your, a colleague of yours that you worked with in Ch- Channel 10 in Adelaide. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, what a day that was. Yeah. Yeah. We were, um, we were at a corporate, been, wow. corporate function for, for Melbourne City at the time, and I, was, I think I must have been enjoying myself and not chewing properly. And, uh, of course, you came to the party and saved me, which was <laughs> remarkable. Um, did, you, did you have any problems uh, playing against a guy called Ange Postacoglu in your days at George Cross? Uh, um, did I have any problems? <laughs> yeah, because t- to be honest, he <laughs> he doesn't look like anything like he does now. <laughs> he was probably sixty five kilos. He was super quick, and he used to run up and down the left hand side of midfield. And there was a famous game, George, that we were talking about earlier. George Cross, who I was playing for at the time, we were, at that time we had a very young team. I'll, I'll throw some names at you. Go on, Damien Murray, oh. Paul Foster, his brother Craig Foster. A guy called Derek Hunter, who was our Scottish international, Lawrence Kidner, Frank Tarly, who all went on to have incredible careers. So we were a very young team, and we played at Middle Park. I think there was about 12,000 there. And South had an incredible team at that time. Taliadoris, Trimboli, Paul Wade, Nicky Peterson, you know, after Socceroo team, really. Um, and we were leading, George Cross were leading 4-3, and Salaka scored, and Mickey P scored, got him back to three all, and the game went to like 96 minutes. And I'll never forget, Ange going down the left-hand side. He thinks, and I was trying to block the cross, and I couldn't quite get there, and it went to the far post. And, George, I don't know if you remember that in those days that Middle Park had those sort of square posts, and they were right, really sharp. Kim Taliadoris was up like a salmon at the far post and headed it in to win 4-3, and he ran to the fans behind the goal, and the fans all pushed forward and, and the, the fence actually collapsed <laughs> and all the elder fans ran on the pitch. So that's that's one memory I have of Ange. But I only played against him for one year because after that, 
he he pretty much because he retired at a very young age, twenty six. So he pretty much retired, and then he went into coaching, which, as we know now, history will tell us, has done an incredible job. And, and I think with Angie, he was always going to go that way because he's definitely a student of the game. Um, but who would have who would have foreseen, you know, where he's got to? And he's got unfinished business, obviously now, but it's incredible what he's done. I was just going to say, maybe while he was firing that ball across to Talia Doris, uh, he may have tweaked his knee, the the knee that would uh, that would uh, you know hold him back, and indeed uh, demand that he uh, that he give up the game because it was beyond him. But um, we're we're being a little facetious. Uh, he he was he he did retire early, as you say. There was a knee injury that in those days they didn't repair knees as they do today. The the technology wasn't mm. wasn't there, and the and the gifts of of medicine that exists today and enable many professionals to continue way beyond a, a time that once upon a time your career ended. Uh, I can remember a, a, a superstar in in rugby league, a guy called Reg Gasnier for St George in Sydney, did a cruciate and. And we had to say mm. goodbye to a superstar. Now, knowing what we know about mm. the game today, they would have fixed him and we'd have had another 10 years. So here we are with Ange. He's 27. He's had to give up the game. And he's moved into coaching uh, and, of course, got lucky in, in some respects because he was at the right club at the right time when something happened, something had to give, and they threw the committee at the time, a huge committee, as most committees at South Melbourne are, um, decided half the half the mob decided um, we'll give it to young Postacoglu. The other half thought, can he do it? Um, and of course, with a little bit of good fortune and a lot of smarts and and hard work, he got that start, and it it, it started thriving. When did you come to South Melbourne? Um, to play under Ange? Mm. Well, it's really interesting, actually, George. Sorry, it dropped out there, but I think I got, got most of that. Um, Ange signed me. Um, I'd been in Asia playing in Hong Kong, and I came back, and most people don't know this, but I signed for Gippsland Falcons. Harry Bingham was the coach at the time, but on the track and second training session, talking about knees, I, um, I got tackled, and I, I needed to have a full knee reconstruction. Oh, so wow. I didn't play that whole Season. Yeah. And then because you remember this, Ange was the assistant coach. I don't know if you've already said this, but to Frank Carrock, who we know is an incredible manager and had amazing success at, as a national with the national team. And Ange was his assistant. And then Frank left and Ange took over and had a good young squad of Casija, Billy Galmanos, Stevie Panopoulos, a good young team, but he needed some older players. So I got this call one day out of the blue. You know, I remember, I haven't played football for 12 months. And he goes, Clark, it's Ange Postacoglu. I thought, someone's taken the, the mickey, mickey. The know? mickey out of you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I thought someone was having a lend me. And I said, hey, who is it? He goes, it's Ange. He goes, I want you to sign for us. I go, Ange, I haven't played. He goes, you'll be fine. <laughs> right? So I signed along with Stevie Osafidis, Fasta oh. Riches. Yeah, so he, just, he needed some older heads. So... I went in and I was still recovering from my knee. So I didn't play the first five games. And what happened, George? Ange, <laughs> we did, we, we'd only had two draws and three losses in our first five games, right? They were going to sack George, uh, Billy Jordantos and, um, 
George Vassilopoulos were yep. going to sack Ange. Ooh. But what happened? George Vascott's George Vascott sick on the Thursday night they were going to sack him. So they said, look, we'll delay it and we'll do it next week. Right? And so we played, we were playing Newcastle at home. It was a shitty day, wet. And it was my first game. He goes, Clark, you're going to play. <laughs> you know, we got to win, right? Because I'm just about to get my head chopped off. <laughs> and um, we won. We won 2 1. It was a horrible game. We won 2 1. Talk about slight, like, defining moments we then went on to not lose at home for like the next 16 months or something like that that year we lost in the preliminary final to sydney united who went on to play brisbane strikers in the final at suncorp in front of forty-two thousand. that was frank farina and then and then the next two years we went back to back champions we were oceana club of the century we went to the world club championships in brazil and that was Angus' time at um at South Melbourne, so it it could have ended before it got started, really. There yeah, but go. it didn't. Isn't that remarkable? Yeah, he was gone. They they, they thought he's just not up to it, you know. Where have, where have we heard that before? He's well, just not up to it. Well, fortune always favours you know the bold and you know who are the brave. You know, yeah, exactly, and believe in themselves. But I wanted to ask about Angers. What makes it so much that? people just believe in him, like the players are willing to, yeah. to play for him because that's something that I think we saw from a lot of the Socceroos players who still speak so fondly of the time that yeah. they had with Ange. And I know that the Celtics fans absolutely love him. And, and my introduction to Ange is those Brisbane Raw sides. That's, that's how I got into Australian football and seeing them be so dominant. But it always seems that his players, you know, mm-hmm. they will do anything for him. And what makes it about his personality that yeah. just gets that out of people? Oh. There you go. I've got your back. You're back. You're back. You're back. So, what, so what is it about Ange that, that allows people to want to play for him? Mm, it's a really good question. And if you look at his teams over his journey so far, there's that, that's, the, that's the common theme that his players are willing to die for him. And, and for me personally, um, when, when he first came in at South Melbourne, he wasn't he wasn't rewriting the coach's manual at all. Like it was just, it was it was basic training, but it was very competitive. But what he's got a really good knack of doing is picking the right personalities. Um, so he picks players, but also based on their character. And he has a very strong change room. And that culture, if you look at it, South Melbourne, incredibly strong, Brisbane Raw. And I was with Matty Mackay up in Sydney on the weekend, and he was saying the same thing. Um and then same at Celtic. But I, I think for a lot of us players, because he believed in us so deeply and trusted us with all, you know, with all his heart when he put us on the pitch, we gave that back to him. And he was a grumpy prick. He really was. <laughs> like he, Nothing's changed. From... <laughs> no, but the thing is, George, if you could take him out and he has his scotch and coke and he listens to cold chisel, then he's the nicest guy and you want to be around him and he's charismatic. And it, But what, he is so focused on his football that there's a time and a place. So a lot of people don't see that side of him. Um, but, but he's just so driven and he gave us that trust and we gave it back. And I personally was – I didn't fear him. The fear I had was the fear of – letting him down or disappointing him. 
With, and that, re- and that reminds me, David, that reminds me, everyone talks about his father and the relationship he had with his dad. He never wanted to let his father down, right? Yeah. And his father was a tough, yeah. tough master, yeah. uh, a tough dad in, in, in that he wouldn't yeah. glowingly uh, and readily offer up too much. In, in, um, uh, what's, uh, what's the word I wanted? Um, um, not Christ. love, but... Um, uh, Love he wouldn't shower him with 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 too much affection, but what no, he did do, yeah, that's right. He he didn't waste the praise. He he kept it. And there's that golden moment uh, when he won the uh, the Asian Cup, and he got home and he's <laughs> shown the Dad the medal, and his and his father's gone. Congratulations, yeah, well done. But had you made a couple of in, uh, c- critical changes uh, in the in the in the final minutes of the game we wouldn't have had to go to extra time <laughs> so even then with a little backhander from yeah. dad you know you, you've done well kid but mm. hey it's ne- next time be a little smarter it, it's it's remarkable everywhere yeah. he's gone um, i'm i'm fascinated in in japan he had no right to perform the deeds that he did, no. and yet, and yet, he no. pulled everything together, and I think they won for the first time in either thirteen or fifteen years. And then from there, the the City Group was was part of that organisation, and and then I think he got wind of the fact there was an opportunity at Celtic, and he put his hand up. And I remember seeing an interview with him uh, in the latter stages of this season. And, of course, there was an awful lot of talk about, you know, uh, what drove him. And he remarked that for him it's all about goals. And if he sees the goals or if he sees there's a project in the, in the, in the foreseeable future, he always wants to pursue it. And it's, and it's part of this unfinished business. And here we are today... And it is the top of the tree, isn't it? The English Premier League, David. Well, some would argue it, but I think. Who's going to argue? Yes, Who's going to argue? Uh, are we talking about the well, people maybe in a Saudi German Arabia? Or an, Who? German or an Italian? <laughs> in terms of financially, the Premier League is. Uh, in terms of power and clout, yeah, the English Premier League no, is is preeminent. In, George, in, I like that you've gone with clout as your word choice. I, you know, I, I, you I didn't always, see that coming, did no, you? I didn't see that coming. I like no, that, No, I thought I'd throw that in there just when you least <laughs> expect it. Um, but in terms of clout, it is, you know, by by every measure, it's it's the number one league in the world, is it not? Yeah, and I think every player wants to play in it. It's where the money is. But if... We've lost him again. Just think we've dropped out with uh, David for a moment. What I was going to ask, want to ask you, George, really quickly, though, is yeah, that go. obviously you're a massive Tottenham Hotspurs fan. Yes. What's the one thing that you think that Ange is going to bring to Tottenham that Tottenham really need right now? A ferocious will to win and an attitude that he's not going to abide by people not doing what he wants them to do. You know, we watched we watched Conte, we watched Mourinho, and you know, the thing they didn't do, there were weaknesses in those in those units, uh, weaknesses in those sides, and the one thing they didn't do was uh, do what Ange did at Brisbane, cleaned out some of the uh, I won't say the dead wood because that's unfair. Uh, but those that, that that struggle to play his his game, the, everyone's talking about uh, bringing Harry Maguire in. Now I'm thinking to myself, why would you do that? But but again, I'm also told 
by others that do know that Harry has played that particular role that that uh, he might be required to play if he comes to that Spurs for England. He plays that role, a link straight out of the goalkeeper, and, and, and moves up the field and 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 tries to link up with the forwards. But he wasn't allowed to play that game at Manchester United. So maybe we're giving him, uh, you know, the the wrong assessment. Let's. Ju- I I'm I'm looking forward to watching Ange Postecoglou, Tottenham Hotspur against West Ham in Perth. July, I think it's 17, 18. Yes. It's a Tuesday night in Perth. And can you imagine, m- poignant and meaningful that his first game, his c- first combative game will be in Australia of all places. What are the chances of that happening? No, I, I'm looking forward to it. I think yeah. you, I Are you think going over, David? No, I'm going to be in Tassie running football camps for Western United, so I'll be a long way from Perth. But you'll be but you watching, know, but you'll be watching won't you? Of course, of course. <laughs> Interesting what you're saying, and and Ange going to do it his way at Spurs. And and I remember speaking to him when he got the Brisbane Raw job. And let's not forget, he's not been an overnight success, and it's no. not it's not all been perfect for him. Like Correct. he obviously had a good time at South with it, and and I coached with him two World Cups and the under 17s and under 20s. That wasn't the best time for him. Six years with Football Australia. And then I think he, I don't know, George, he was kicking around with Football Victoria and he might have even had a spell at Whittlesea. Yes, I, I he did. He did. Was, but, yeah, yeah, at Whittlesea. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then he got he got the job at Brisbane. And the one thing he said to me, he goes, Clarky, when I go, I am not – I am just going to do things my way. That's right. That's right. And he went in there and we were just talking about it. He got rid of some huge personalities. And from that moment on – it was Ange's way, and he knew it was going to be successful. Um, and he, and he stuck to that. And nothing will change when he goes to Spurs. And, and he'll he'll sign players that people might think, mm, not so sure. But but he'll sign his players that like mm. his style of football, that understand his philosophy. That like I did, and many others before and after me, um, <laughs> will die for him. Uh, you know, there's, there's something very interesting coalescing at uh, Tottenham Hotspur, and that is Scott Munn is about to join the club. Uh, yes. Now, Scotty's spent three and a half years uh, in China for the City Football Group and um, yeah. serving his time, doing his best. He's been highly thought of in the City Group for quite some time, did a tremendous job for them and has done. And Simon Pierce speaks glowingly about him. Now, suddenly, you've got the former uh, uh, head of human resources of the City Group also at Tottenham. You've got Scott Munn now about to join them, if he hasn't already. I think he's been on gardening leave or garden leave <laughs> and uh, supposed to start j- July 1, but you can bet he, they're, they're in phone you know, conversations. Um, I'm thinking there's something special brewing. And... And I'm, I cannot wait to, as Pakua said, and you you touched on <laughs> the first interchange, the first um, exchange of 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 wills and ideas from the media, and the first press conference that he holds uh, at Spurs. I think that will be quite illuminating. And can I tell you, 
I spoke to a couple of people who are part of the game hierarchy in this country, and deep down they're also very excited because there's one thing the game has not had access to, and that is a lot of publicity. And there have been a number of reasons for that. Uh, the AFL's had a pretty good hand at sucking up all the oxygen. Well, let me tell you something. Uh, they're going to struggle to hold on to any oxygen uh, coming out of Britain because there'll be plenty of talk about Ange and his deeds and Partic- his efforts. Particularly if he does well. And if he does very well, oh, wow. Not too Everyone's well, going to benefit. Not Every- too well. Well, Not too well. I cannot wait. Not in the North London play. derby. Cannot wait till we play Arsenal. George, they'll have to hitch um, extra wagons, won't they? <laughs> Do you know what? A very good friend of mine who knows my love for Spurs and knows my passion for the game said to me, so are you moving to London? <laughs> and, and he knew that my wife was listening and I turned around and I said, absolutely, we're going to spend uh, the next 10 years there and we've be- we're- it's only been a matter of time and we've been waiting for something to give us a- 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 an-, an idea that, Maybe this is the right time. And suddenly, out of nowhere, I'm thinking, London's looking awfully good. The cold days are no longer cold <laughs> there in London. There will be no cold in London. I just want to say this quickly, yeah, go for it. George, is that yeah. I think something we we in this country have got to like praise is the Japanese game because it's done a lot for – for. Oh, yeah. It's done so much. And the, if if you don't watch Japanese football, I, I, I recommend that you do because the players that they get – are such high quality, but the Japanese game technically great, such, aren't they? Such a great, you know, great skill set, and and almost rebuilt himself, he rebuilt himself there, and and I think he learnt a lot about the game, and yep. about, and I think those some of those players he brought them to Celtic with him, and we're seeing Kevin Musket do uh, well, similar things, similar yes. things yeah, there yeah, in yeah. Japan as well now. So I think that's maybe Joe Montemura, yeah, exactly doing things. Pa- uh, Paolo doing some good things it, it as well. It feels like an avenue that we need to explore more in this country, not only in the coaching aspect, but in the players when they choose to go overseas because that Japanese brand of football has been has done oh, yeah. has worked with magical ones. Uh, speaking of Australian connections, um, someone else you know very well, Michael Valkanis, has just picked up the uh, the gig at Hapoel in, in Israel. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. that announcement coming in this morning. So he's moving across. And, of course, right. they've, they've played uh, some Champions League football over the last uh, decade or so. So that's one of the biggest, I think, second or third biggest club in Israel. Uh, and you might say to me, again, yeah. yes, a smaller league. But Australians are suddenly starting to spring up. And we've got, of course, uh, another South Melbourne boy in France at Troyes former Melbourne City coach, uh, Patrick Kisnorbo. Um, there is there – mm. what, was, what was in the water at South Melbourne, uh, David? You can tell <laughs> us now. Well, you were, you were president of the <laughs> No, come um, on, come on. Well before I got there. Was it all, was it all in think, the – was it in the Valkanis um, uh, canteen where all the good stuff came, came out of <laughs> and drove everybody to yeah. play better? <laughs> Possibly, George. But look, South always had quality players, and I That's think it's the fabric of that club. Um, yeah, just it just bred success, didn't it? It'd be interesting to see what happens with Harry Pill now. Yes, good question. Does he get an opportunity to did. showcase his wares? Because uh, mm. what we saw from Ange, he was very quick to bring him in. He he thought there's there's something there to be to be said about Harry, uh, he and when, when he 
was cut by uh, his former uh, bosses, uh, he found his way to um, to, to Celtic, and uh, and yeah. I think Ange has spoken glowingly about uh, what Harry's been doing. Interestingly, though, George, he's taking one of his assistants to Spurs with him. Is that right? Is he is he taking one of the Scottish um, uh, assistants? Yes. Yes. The tall, dark-haired John Kennedy, I think. Ah, that, right. that makes yeah. sense. That makes He's sense. Him with him, which, is, which is very unlike Ange. Because yeah. he, he, he went from Yokohama to Celtic, he didn't take anyone. And I think the same from Brisbane. I had Klamoski with him in um, at... Yokohama. Yeah. He had, he, he, he had Radovidicic as his assistant at Brisbane Raw, did he not? Yeah, he did. When he went to Yokohama, he gave um, John Hutchinson, he gave yes. him a go there. That's right. That's also, right. Also, um, what's his name at Newcastle Jets, the head coach? Oh, Pappas. Arthur Pappas? Uh, yeah, Arthur Pappas. He gave him a go. So... I mean, again, the quality of the guy gives gives people an opportunity to be around him and learn from him. It is a remarkable uh, thing that we're seeing, uh, the evolution and the revolution that could be happening at Tottenham um, with uh, Ange Postacoglu. What I wanted to, uh, to ask... Are you going to buy his house in Tour, George? <laughs> uh, I don't think I can afford it. Uh, <laughs> it's going up by a couple of million. Uh, just I, I, think, uh, I think uh, one of the Stamoulis <laughs> family might uh, might put their hand up and bid for it. But um, no, no, I'm excited. For, look, I'm excited for Georgia and the boys, uh, and I'm excited yes, for, for and I'm excited for Ange uh, because the, just imagine now they've they've been travelling the world, uh, they've had uh, all these challenges, and his fierce commitment and his focus, and as Arnie said, his obsession with the game has yeah. borne fruit, and here he is now. He'll be in London. They'll be looking for real estate there, I'm sure, and that doesn't come cheap. Um, but uh, but he's got a four-year contract. We're hearing now it's a four-year contract. Now, whether it's two years with, with two add-ons or whether it's four, the club has chosen to say four. That that suggests to me that they understand this is a rebuild. Is that your reading yeah. of it? Yeah, absolutely. I think it shows the trust. You know these contracts at times, um, they come and go. But, the fa- yeah, to give him four years – yeah, to me as well, says, we trust you, we're going to give you time. And look, they can't keep changing managers. I mean, it's just what they've done is... Ridiculous, um, ridiculous. Yeah, it's been shocking, really, for the fans and, and such a, a famous club to be uh, just all over the place. Yeah, they need to. They need some stability now. Look, the one thing we know with Ange, whatever the results are, he's going to play a brand of football that will excite the fans. And, of course, you're judged on your win-loss um, oh, ratio. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. um, you know, just just the little things like how quickly you saw with Joe Hart at Celtic, the ball boys behind, get a new ball in straight away, no time to rest, let's go again. You know, he'll need players that. Well, they'll soon understand that that's the type of football that he plays. But I can tell you as a player, that's it's demanding physically, but it's it's really exciting because you spend a lot of time with the ball and, and you can see the hardest thing is when you haven't got the ball and chasing to get it back. It's hard work when you've got it, but it's enjoyable and, and 
it'll be good to see if Spurs play like that, or they will play like that. The other one we haven't spoken about, whether Harry or Kane will stay or not, that that'll be quite interesting because it'll be a loss, obviously, if he if he leaves. I have a sneaking suspicion that if Harry were to go uh, and take up, uh, you know, uh, another club, it it may even it may, it may even play into into um, um, the the thinking of Vange in in that. Uh, well, one thing, one thing I've learned watching and following Ange is that you know, whatever you give me, I'm going to whether it's lemons, mm. I'm going to make lemonade. Yeah, he 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 doesn't. He will not stress. Yes, he would love to have Harry. No, he won't. And, and he could build. No, he won't. But he but he won't be stressed if he loses Harry. He'll find another way. He may well reposition the side. Uh, to play, as you say, and when they arrive in that final third, you won't be having one or two or three players. You might have five. And and it'll be a, a, a mm-hmm. case of uh, it, it might be Brian Hill who, who, who comes back in from, from his foray and loan in, in Spain. Now, I've, I've thought from Dave, from the first time I saw yeah. young Brian Hill, uh, the Spanish international, playing at the Olympics, I thought what an exciting young player. Now this boy has everyone says he's slight and he's light and he's you know this but he's whip fast and he has an engine on him that doesn't understand quit. He may well be the Japanese uh, he may be able to play the role the Japanese uh, striker has been playing uh, uh, at Celtic for Ange. Uh, Brian may well play that a similar role for for Spurs. What do you think? Yeah. Well, I totally agree with what you're saying. He won't lose sleep if Harry leaves. No. And, yeah, he, he, you know, that if you look at the type of football that he plays, then he doesn't rely. Kyogo obviously is little guy, you know, but he's busy and he gets himself in the box. And Correct. Scores. Correct. But the way they play the ball, it's a bit mancy. Gives them a, they play the ball on the ground, those really... Well, you you, um, you saw what happened when Pep. You saw what happened when Pep and City played uh, Yokohama. Yes. They were they they outpossessed yeah. Man City that day, and Pep, you know, yeah. sp- speaking yeah. and has said wonderful things about Ange. Uh, and there's a little bit of PR in that, of course, too. Uh, but they'll have that they yeah. they'll know that they've had a game when they play. And the other thing is when Real Madrid played Celtic recently. Uh, in the Champions League, uh, for the first sixty minutes or so, uh, had they had they uh, converted when they had the ball uh, in their keeping, that may well have been a different result. But again, I'm reminded that you know mm-hmm. you got to put the ball in the back of the net, and uh, that's why you have to you have to say they were they were well beaten. Well, they weren't really well beaten. They were well beaten on the scoreline, but not in the game. And yeah. Ancelotti said as much mm-hmm. afterwards. Yeah. Interesting things. It's all very interesting. Yep. Listen. And we just wish him well, don't we? Yeah, we certainly do. Uh, I wish you well in your clinics uh, clinics and camps coming up. When's the next big commitment for Western United for, from your point of view? So starting the first week of the school holidays, the 26th of June, we're in Victoria for two weeks and off to Tassie for two weeks. And then I'm, uh, I'm, ha- I'm hanging up the Western United tracksuit ah. um, and see what else is down the path. Well, we might I have, have to get I you. I had two good years there. 
we might have to get you into the FNR studio and and, de- and get what is it de- decompress debrief? and debrief. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, David Clarkson's been our special guest, um, a former a former player Thank under Ange Postacoglu, but uh, a young man who in his day. Uh, played around the world and enjoyed himself, had a great time in Hong Kong, had a great time. How long did you play in England for? Two and a half years. And what was it like in those days playing for uh, Brighton? Um, The Premier League hadn't started. So I was – when I joined in 91, Brighton were going for promotion into the first division. So we went to Wembley. Um, didn't lost in the playoffs, and then so I played in the second division, which is now the championship, and then we got relegated from the championship to to the third division, which is League One now, and then that's where I played the majority of football. But I mean, I had a great time there. Um, I should have stayed longer, but situation, yeah, that's another. Story. You got homesick, did you? Sorry. You know, I was one of the first to go, Jordan. No, I didn't. I didn't. I got married young, and that changes things. You have children, and it just, yeah, it was just a just personal thing for me. But I, I signed from George Cross, and and they signed me, Brighton signed me for £5,000 back in 1989. <laughs> and if I, I needed to play 10 games, and then George Cross got another £20,000, and I played Twenty odd games, so they got that money. No one, it's a bit like the World Club Championship. No one knows where that money went. (laughs) (laughs) Four million dollars at South Melbourne got. Where did they go, guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. (laughs) It's interesting. If if there's ever a book written about the club, um, then we'll have to make sure we go in and find some of those ghosts who can fill in all the details. Uh, David Clarkson, it's been an absolute joy yeah. to have you in, in the uh, uh, in the program. Thank you, Thank you very much for for giving us a, a little bit of background on, on 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 what promises to be an exciting journey for a guy we we know and love, a guy called Ange Postacoglu. Thank you very much for joining us, David Clarkson. Thank you. All the best. Good on you, mate. There you go. He'll be uh, coaching again more youngsters. Absolutely. Uh, he, as he said, he travelled the world. He got married young. That changes your percep- uh, your perspective and your your commitment and uh, you've always got to look after security. You've got to make sure that you provide for your family. So it does. It changes the way you do what you do. Absolutely. But I've got to say, George, before we go, we've just yeah, got to say go massive congratulations to Central Coast Mariners and, oh, absolutely. and Nick Montgomery and winning Richard the, Peel. Yeah, for winning the you know, the A League men's final. George, maybe we were the good luck charm them coming on Sue Well Luke. we certainly gave them every uh, opportunity to flex their muscles uh, and we didn't think they were joking. No. Um, the only thing I can say in in uh, uh, in response to the final scoreline I don't think the score was reflective of the quality of the game, but it was in a super exciting game. I was thrilled a bit. Remember, we had uh, uh, concerns. Not we didn't have concerns, but there were others thinking, "Oh, they won't fill. They won't fill Bank West." Well, they went very close, did they not? Yeah. That- so a great atmosphere, and uh, look, congratulations to the Central Coast Mariners. Thrilled a bit for them, um, and for all of the city people uh, and the city family. Understand this: uh, if you want to take pot shots. Uh, by all means, do so. That's your absolute right. But don't forget that the Supreme Club, for the better part of the last four years, has been Melbourne City, 
And they're going to lose some players, yes, but rest assured they're going to come out of the blocks next season, around about October, and they'll be there or thereabouts looking for yet another championship and another premiership. So to all the the City family, stand by. Some more good news and good football coming your way in the new season. But for all the Tottenham, the long-suffering Tottenham (laughs) fans, get a load of this. We're coming after Arsenal first, and then we'll be looking after the City group. I'm not going to sit back and sit on the fence. I'm excited. Fair enough, Josh. Fair enough. I'm, I'm, ex- I'm happy for you, but obviously, so you Ars- should be. But as an Arsenal fan, the future looks bright. I don't know, worry about I that. Know, but, uh, I no, know. But, We've got a long way to but, go. Hey, at least North London is going to be really competitive. Absolutely. It's going to be great. Oh, it's going to be rollicking. Absolutely. Well, George, cannot wait. Every week we do the show, you and I will be doing a deep dive. Absolutely. How did Arsenal play this week? <laughs> How did Spurs play this week? We won't care about anyone else. Until next week. <laughs> You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR.